hello, it's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have the privilege of interviewing the Tiffany Haved. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Hannah. I am so excited. I know this has been a long time coming and you are one of my favorite people uh, on the earth. So I'm just super <laughs> excited you. to be here. Love you so much. And I know Tiffany very, very well. We've worked together in the past. She is amazing. A mom of four, balances motherhood, a business. So can you just tell the audience who you are, a little bit about your background and what you do? Absolutely. Well, I'm Tiffany Haved, kind of a weird not phonetically correct, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, I'm an operations consultant and a chief of staff. And I like to help high-level creative entrepre entrepreneurs identify, strategize, and implement their solid bl business blueprint so that they can focus on their zone of genius and kind of while their business runs in the background. I tend to attract uh, entrepreneurs who have their hands kind of in lots of different things and just really who need help staying organized and focused on their best goals. For me, it's all about helping them systemize, be productive, be efficient, and then be effective so they're really growing their businesses. I love it. I love it. Can you dive a little bit into your story here? Because you have such an interesting background. <laughs> you know, when did you first decide to start your business? Yeah, share us the story. Well, it's, it's really funny because my business kind of developed organically. I started off about two years ago as a virtual assistant. And I realized real quick that I had skills beyond just the doing the day-to-day, -day, like, mm -hmm. you know, answering emails. And so I started to offer more strategy and bigger picture, bigger picture doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's been really great. I still, for most of my clients have many assistant duties, I would call them, but I like to call myself a chief of staff. And I think most people, when you say chief of staff, they're like, what are you in the military or politics? <laughs> and But really the true definition of a chief of staff is to use strong leadership and problem-solving skills to assist with the daily operation of an organization. So I don't just do, but I really help problem-solve, fix big issues, and help strategize long-term. And I, I tend to take on, take on the responsibility to really make sure that my CEO or my client, th that person that I'm, I'm helping, mm -hmm. is staying on track, staying organized, and working towards their best goals. So I kind of look at myself as the Robin to their Batman. Mm -hmm. um, and, and most of the time, and the people that I tend to work with are solopreneurs. And so I'm really their only help. So I still have like the, the daily emails and calendar management and doing some of that stuff. But I, I try to help, like I've helped launch courses. I've helped launch new programs. Um, I've helped implement a new CRM and actually done the research to figure out which CRM is going to be the best for their business or project management, project mm -hmm. management tool. Um, I help to analyze their finances and then, you know, just the, the day-to-day -day things that come up as a business owner that like social media and things like that. So it's been really, really fun to kind of feel like I'm part of a team because I'm helping these women grow their businesses, um, but also get to do the day-to-day -day operation stuff that I truly love. And you also have like four kids, right? On top of doing chief of staff work. Just a couple, just a couple, just a couple not, quite of kids. A, not quite a team though. <laughs> um, so I love that. And you are so incredible at what you do. So I'd love to kind of move into motherhood too, because you 
you literally balance it all between your business, between your clients, between being a mother. And I mean, this is what you do day in and day out for your clients as well. So I'd love to know, because a lot of the people that are listening to, I have a lot of moms that listen in or moms to be, and I'm just curious to hear from you, like when motherhood became a part of your life, like how did it affect your business? Um, if any, um, when you first started? Well, it's funny. Cause I actually I took the opposite path where I chose kids before my career. Mm -hmm. um, I actually went to school to be a special ed teacher um, and then met my husband, got married, started having kids. So I chose to be a mom first. And 13 years ago, when I had my oldest is 13, I now have a teenager, which is like crazy. I, like, crazy. I can't believe I teenager. She's a fantastic teenager though. But when I had her, I was actually working for a tech company in downtown Minneapolis. And I had this fantastic boss that fought for me. So there were about 110-ish employees at that company. There were only two of us that were allowed to work from home full-time. So I've actually been a work-at-home mom for 13 years. And that was like such a blessing because I was still able to do the job at that time that I liked. I mean, it was a corporate job and it, it, I was a purchasing agent. So it was fine. But I knew that that wasn't like the end goal. That wasn't where I wanted to be. I ended up staying there until I got pregnant with my third. And then at that point, I had started a little direct sales business on the side. And what was happening is my direct sales side hustle, I was making more money than I was this full-time, like really intense, stressful corporate at-home mm -hmm. job. So I decided to ditch <laughs> the day job and just focus on direct sales and ended up doing that for five years, which looking back, it was really great time because from a personal development standpoint, from a sales and marketing standpoint, like it really taught me a lot. I learned a lot. I grew a lot during that time. I was able to lead a team of 250 women. I earned free vacations, like did all the top things that, you know, mm -hmm. you hear, uh, that directs, you can do in direct sales. But then the rug got pulled out from underneath us. Our company got bought out. The culture changed, the products changed. And I just was at a point where I was like, this isn't for me anymore. And that was about two years ago. And that's when I decided, look, I'm going to bet on myself instead of selling somebody else's product. I want to do something that I really feel passionate about. And so then I transitioned. Um, and personally, I've always had the mindset that I want a career or a job um, that aligns with my lifestyle, not just an income. Mm -hmm. And I really value the ability to raise my own children to potentially homeschool. I did homeschool them for four years out of the last 13 I'm in and now homeschooling them again. Not my <laughs> choice. But I, you know, the 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 coaches that always focus on like I want to make X amount of dollars. That's never been me. It's always mm -hmm. what do I want my life to look like? I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to leave when I want to leave and go and work wherever I want to. And so I've tried to align my career choices with a job or a a, a business that gives me that flexibility. That. Um, and at the end of the day, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be able to focus on my kids first and raise them without daycare or somebody else raising them. So, yeah. Yeah. And were there any, you know, learning lessons in the beginning, especially like while, when you transitioned and, you know, especially even now too, with having children and a family and um, running a business, are there any lessons that you can share that you've experienced? Oh my gosh. I feel like each age and each stage with kids, <laughs> I have to adapt <laughs> and I have to learn new things. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's the same, that there's so many parallels to that in being an entrepreneur. You know, it's like you, you get to this point and then you're like, oh crap, I can't get to the next level until I know this. Or, you know what I mean? You have to like adjust and pivot as your kids get older. I'm like, now I have a 13 year old and I have to be talking about these things that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like getting her ready to become a woman, you know? So there's <laughs> so 
these things that you kind of learn as you go. And I feel like if anything, it's given me a little bit of grace to be like, it's okay where I'm at. Like I need Mm -hmm. to be grateful for where I am. And so just appreciating each stage and looking at ways to enjoy where I'm at, not compare and not covet what either somebody Mm -hmm. else has or what could be next for me. I think gratitude is so, so important in in this type of work. Um, I once heard a talk where a speaker said that we as women need to stop shooting on ourselves, which I just love that. I feel like that's so appropriate. Like I should be doing, I should be doing this or that while this girl's doing this, I should be doing that too. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to just stop shooting on ourselves. And then really at the end of the day, I've also learned to sleep whenever I possibly can. <laughs> I love it. Which brings me to how do you create balance between business, family, and your clients? And how do you do that? Are there any challenges that you face and just anything that you do? I mean, sleeping whenever you can, (laughs) but any other tips that you could give someone who's listening and maybe you don't have kids or you do have kids, whatever it is, but any tips that you've done to really create some type of balance? Well, I've kind of realized that balance doesn't exist, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. it's kind of an unrealistic expectation to expect every area of your life to be balanced all the time. And after 13 years of being a parent and working in some form, I've realized that like, I'm always figuring it out. There, there's never like, you, you never like arrive like, oh, I'm there. I'm the perfect mother. I'm the perfect business owner. Like that's mm-hmm. never the destination. It's, it's the journey. Right. And so just enjoying the journey. And I think there's going to be, there's going to be days and months and seasons where we focus more on our business or we focus more on our, um, our family life, or, you know, if we have a sick loved one. So our, those seasons are always going to change. And for me, it's about finding harmony. Am I at peace with my decisions for that day? Am I at peace? Do I have a clear vision for each area of my life that are, that are helping to guide me into that, that big vision that I'm working towards? Like, where do I want to be when I'm 80? What do I want my life? What do I want to be able to look back on and say, I did that. I achieved that. And I think like, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? And those types of things. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of times we, we might have like a five-year vision, but we don't focus on really where, what kind of legacy do we want to leave long-term? So good. I feel like that's coming up a lot and lot in my life recently. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been hearing that same thing, but it's so, so true that it's, and there really is no such thing as balance. It's just like, it's give and take, like push and pull with different areas of your life. And I love that you said that depending on what season you're in, you know, depends on what you prioritize, right? No, I was going to say, I think that vision can help to keep you on track. Like when things feel really chaotic, Mm -hmm. I always go back to that big vision. I always go back to, okay, really, what am I working towards? Is this to make hundred thousand dollars this year? Or is this to impact people's lives? Is this to change the trajectory of our, our family or whatever? So I think having those bigger visions and focusing on those bigger things can help you from being like squirrel, you know, and doing all these things that don't necessarily align with what you want long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scroll brain. That's, that's yeah. me sometimes. Um, now you are quite literally the queen of productivity. I mean, if you don't follow Tiffany, you need to. So I'm going to put her Instagram below because she has the best tips. Can you share some tips for those that are listening in, whether it comes to their businesses, like, are there any tools that you love, any tips on staying productive? I know for me, I've had, I go through ebbs and flows of how can I stay productive, whether it's like time blocking or whatever, but what are like your go-to tips that you would give? Um, Well, honestly, my biggest tip is don't say yes to everything. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like we we tend to put too many things on our plate. Instead, we need to identify, okay, what's truly the most important right now. And and even some of those goals might might still be a yes. They just might be a not right now goal. And I, one of my clients and I have this phrase in her business that if it's not a insert your expletive mm-hmm. here, yes, it's an expletive no. So if it's not something that you were like, gun ho, this is what mm-hmm. I have to do, then it's probably a no or a not right now. And so focusing yeah. on those things and then focus on your income produ- producing activities in your businesses. You know, I feel like so many times we get <clears throat> caught up in, oh, social media and all of these things that that might not necessarily be a true income producing activity. I know for me, once I realized 100% of my clients were coming from referrals and I was stressing myself out over social media when I'm like, I've never gotten a random client just message me on social media. So why am I stressing myself out? So when I took that stress off and I ended up delegating that and not worrying about it as much, it like totally freed up my brain, my mind, my soul to not worry about it because I'm like, why am I stressing about something that really isn't for me an income producing activity? Networking events are income producing activities for me because that's how I, I, I meet generally my clients or reaching out to my former clients and asking for referrals. So I think when we can focus on the things that really are moving our business forward, instead of getting swirled into all the things that other people are doing mm-hmm. that we tell ourselves we should be doing. So again, to stop shitting on ourselves. And I can tell you, you have to let some stuff go, honestly. I mean, I'm <laughs> when Hannah and I hopped on here, I'm recording in my closet because there's three locked doors hiding Beautiful from closet. the children. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an entire week's worth of laundry behind me that Hannah cannot see. And so like laundry is one of those things that some weeks I have to let it go a little bit and be okay and give myself grace. And I feel like too, I compare myself. I mean, I think it's just par for the course, not just in mm-hmm. business, but in motherhood in like household duties, like how does my house look, all mm-hmm. those things. And I feel like a lot of Insta mommies out there <laughs> will, which love them. I learn a lot of things from the Insta mommies, but I feel like they, they put on this perfection or they, they, they show this perfect world and, um, they don't share that they have help like Mm -hmm. a nanny or a cook or a house cleaner or a babysitter or whatever. And I'm one of those people where like, I see through that and I'm like, I know you have help, like be honest about it. And I'm the first one to say, my mom lives with us. She works during the day. Um, but She's here at night and on the weekends and I have a mother-in-law who's retired and she'll come up and help. And I feel like we as moms have to stop trying to be wonder moms and doing all the things and being everything to everyone and have to start asking for help more. Mm. Just being realistic, like I cannot do all of this without losing my mind. So I need somebody to help. We have our, ch- our kids do chores. We think teaching the kids a, work, a good work ethic as when Love they're that. young is important. So they earn, um, we're also teaching the money. So they have, their chore money that they earn by doing their chores. And then they teach, we teach them how to save, spend and give. They have little bank accounts, all the things. And I feel like that's just having them do help with the laundry. My 13 year old does her own laundry. So they do the laundry, they vacuum their rooms, they pick up their toys, they do the dishes. They trying to think of, they bring, they clean the toilets. I mean, <laughs> they do lots of things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like having a little army of workers. And a lot of times I'll get in this mode where I just start cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. And my husband will be like, Tiff, why don't you have the kids do that? I'm like, Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Why, why wouldn't I have the kids do this? Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to have the kids do that. So, so delegating, think, even in delegating, your personal life. Yes, <laughs> yes, your personal life and your business too. I feel like so many times we try to do all of these things in our business that aren't mm-hmm. in our zone of genius. So why are we trying to do all of them and, and like ripping our hair out? There are certain things like I will not touch. My website is one of them. I have someone working on my website. I'm like, I, this is not in my wheelhouse. I don't want to do it. I need someone else. I overthink it all. So I think in our businesses too, and that's one of the things that I try to help my clients to acknowledge and, and realize that, okay, these are the things you're good at. These are the things you really like to do. Let's do those. Mm-hmm. All of the other things, let's find somebody else to do those, or let's either outsource them or schedule your time in a way that you're doing those things, not in your most productive time, but you're doing those as an add-on. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I love that you mentioned that and you really do keep it real, which I appreciate a lot, you know, on (laughs) social media, just knowing you as a friend, which I appreciate. So this is so good. I feel like we can talk about productivity forever. (laughs) It's my favorite topic before we kind of move on. I'd love to know when it comes to your business, are there certain like tools that you lean on when it comes to productivity that are your go-to? Yeah, I love free tools personally. And I especially since I work with a lot of solopreneurs, I feel like any way you can utilize a tool that you don't have to pay a lot for is great. And then as you grow and scale, you can, you know, build out onto those other apps. I love Trello for project management, partially because it's free and partially because I feel like it's the best. If you've never used a project management tool before, mm-hmm. it's a great place to start. It's like project management for dummies in some ways. Like it's super easy to utilize. I do generally recommend clients go to like a ClickUp once they're either Mm -hmm. um, sharing a lot of information with their team or with clients and they're utilizing a project management tool to automate and share information, then ClickUp is a better uh, platform to use. And so that's the next one I recommend. There is a free accounting software called Wave Apps, which is like a QuickBooks, but it's free. So for solopreneurs who are watching their finances, but don't want to pay you know, a lot per month, but still needs something better than a spreadsheet because please do not do your business bookkeeping on a spreadsheet. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like not helpful. So those would probably be my best, my favorite. And then from a CRM standpoint, if from, for like solopreneurs, coaches, uh, consultants, I love Dubsado. It's my favorite. I've built out some client Dubsado accounts for them. And it's probably, it's a little bit harder to on board than HoneyBook, but I feel like the capabilities and the tools that and the resources that mm-hmm. it has are are better than HoneyBook. So I would say either one of those. If you're doing it yourself, HoneyBook is sometimes better. But if you can either outsource or take the time to learn Dubsado, that one's probably a, a better platform. So those would be my my best places to start if you're really trying to utilize some tools to make your business a little bit more efficient. Love it. Thank you so much. I know I use ClickUp actually for myself. I moved over from Asana and I love ClickUp. It has been a game changer for me, especially from like the agency side. And you mentioned like Dubsado, HoneyBook, things like that. Like those are great, great tools. Okay. So I'd love to shift to my favorite part of every single episode of the Thrive Society podcast, where we keep it real and we pull the curtain back because again, you mentioned before, like social media has a great way of kind of showcasing this perfection in our businesses and in our lives too. So is there anything that you have gone through, whether it's a struggle or a challenge that really has helped to shape the trajectory of what you're doing now? Um, daily, (laughs) (laughs) like, uh, well, you know me, I keep it real. Um, so I actually got hired by a client and then within 24 hours got fired by a client. 
by the same client over a mistake. And I think I am a perfectionist and I try so hard not to make mistakes. Like my husband will tell you every mistake I make, whether it's in business, life, parenting, I take personally, like I, I personally made this mistake and it was like this huge thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But I am a human and I make mistakes and that mistake hurt a lot. And it's one of those things, honestly, I feel like every time I fail in some way, it helps to shape my path. Like, I love that quote that if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough, right? Like we have to be failing because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And that's how we move forward. And any successful person out there, the likelihood that they've never failed, that Mm -hmm. doesn't exist. So it's like how, you know, looking at failure more as, okay, how can I be brave today? How can I say, you know what? I am going to fail and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. And at the end of the day, failing in my business, failing as a parent, failing in whatever is not a reflection of my worth. Mm -hmm. If I fail, that does not mean I am a failure. And I think that's been the hardest lesson to learn and the hardest thing to remind myself as a solopreneur, like it's only me, right? So it's hard to separate my success and my identity. Mm -hmm. I'm also a natural worrier. I feel like I've spent the last 20 years like worrying that I worry too much. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like just worrying around like, am I going to be successful? Like, what if this fails? Like, what if I don't do good? Like, how am I going to navigate this? So I've tried to surround myself with wonderful people like you, Hannah, and Mm -hmm. some of my other entrepreneurial friends and other women who can encourage me and remind me that I'm not a failure, put up sticky notes, like write in my journal, meditate, do gratitude exercises. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day, remember that I am a child of God he created me for a purpose and he doesn't make mistakes. And so just resting in that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. You're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, can you share where people can find you, work with you, connect with you? Yeah. Um, so my website is Tiffany Haft, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-H-O-E-F-T.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Tiff Haft. So just know Annie. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Hannah. This was wonderful. Yeah, I just adore you. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to talk to your followers. So thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you.